Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast, where we have real, meaningful, and fun conversations with people who inspire us. And sometimes we just have them with each other. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and we are sending you lots and lots of love wherever you are listening to this podcast. So we were just chatting a little bit about some amazing books that we have been reading lately. Lots of time in 2020 for books. What is on your reading list at the moment, Jess? I actually have had a complete transformation in my reading capacity, I want to call it, in 2020. So usually I don't read that much, but I made a goal to read one book per month. And I've actually already read 12 books this year from start to finish. So I'm pretty freaking proud of myself. Oh my God, that's amazing. I don't understand people who finish books. I start books. I probably get 50% of the way through. I don't finish them. And I also take forever. Like I don't understand people that are like, oh, how was your weekend? Oh yeah, you know, just like finished a book. And I'm like, what? It takes me like six months to finish a book. Yeah, well, I've been getting really into novels And I feel like that's when you're able to like start and finish a book quite quickly because you're hooked on the story and you just want to know more. So a book that I read recently that I really loved is called Her Kind of Luck. And it's by this woman based in Sydney. And it's all about her grandmother who grew up in like the 20s, 30s, 40s, I want to say somewhere around there. And it's a pretty incredible story and just got totally lost in it. But the other thing that I've been experiencing, which is different, is that I like reading real books now, not on my Kindle. Yeah. What about you? What have you been reading? I've been reading a lot of nonfiction books lately. And I mentioned on the podcast a little while ago that I was reading The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer, amazing book. And one of our friends who listens to the podcast, his name's Jeremy Karp, actually wrote to me and said, have you read The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, a different one of his books. And it just kept popping up. Like I kept seeing it everywhere. I kept hearing people talking about that they were reading it. So I've started reading that. And can I just tell you, mind blown. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about, but you got to read it. Oh, okay, fun. I'll read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool. Really, really cool. Excellent. Okay, I love that. Good recommendation. Well, excited for today's episode because it's actually about something that we discuss together a lot, and that is making friends as an adult. Make sure you stick around to the end of this episode to hear who we will be having on next week, and let's get into it. So making friends as an adult is a really interesting one because we go through life and when we're kids, it's really easy to make friends because we're at school or we're doing after school activities and we're around people a lot. And then I feel like you get to this age in like your mid 20s where you've made some really great friends over your life. They're either through school or through uni or whatever else. But then you're like, okay, well, I'm now interested in new things and I'm now taking a new direction, but I want friends that can relate to me on that level. And that's something that like I know I went through and a lot of my friends have also gone through that experience of like, how the fuck do I find these new people that I know I want to be friends with? 
Mm, so true. Like so many of us have our friends still from when we were younger and you have a special bond because you've been close for so long, but at the same time, maybe you've gone in different directions in your life. So it's kind of like at each new stage of life, it's really nice to bring in new friends that you have stuff in common with. And I'm definitely somebody who is comfortable with my friends. A lot of my friends I went to primary school with. So when I actually got to Byron, a couple of my friends from home happened to come at the same time. And so I was just like hanging out with them and like I was just really content with that. And then I started to notice that they were making all these new friends here and doing their different hobbies. One of them's going to like this woodworking course and just making friends through that. And even just, you know, they'd go to the market and make friends at the market and invite people back to their place for brekkie. And I was like, wow, I am such a like I have my close peeps and I don't really stray outside of that. But then I started to think about it and I do have all these new interests and I don't necessarily have friends that have those same interests. So we started to explore this idea of making friends as an adult and it can be pretty daunting. So we wanted to chat a little bit about our feelings towards it and some of the ways that we are now making friends as an adult. I feel like you're a little bit more of an expert than me on this topic and it's something that I'm working on at the moment. Yeah, it's really interesting and it's funny the way that you said you're noticing because you have new interests that's piqued your interest in having new friends. And I think that that was similar for me. Like it wasn't until I was like, I actually really like other things that the people around me don't like. There must be other people who also like that shit. Like how do I find them? And Mm. something for me that's been massive is community. And so if I think about the closest people to me that are new in my life, it's from yoga. And I remember in the early days of being obsessed with yoga, and like loving the studio so much. And I'd rock up and there were people there that were clearly friends through the studio. And I was like, I want to become like that. And I would just get there and not really talk to anyone and just sit on my mat and feel really awkward as like people chatted around me. And now sometimes when I'm the one who's chatting, I'm like, woohoo, go me, like I did it. But it is really funny because there's definitely an element of having to put yourself out there and get uncomfortable. And like how uncomfortable are we all when we have to get uncomfortable? Well, that's the thing that I was always really uncomfortable with making new friends. And I think this is a little bit of a Melbourne mentality. I was almost embarrassed to say or show that I wanted to be friends with somebody. There's this thing in Melbourne when you grew up there that everybody's just like had their friends for life. It's not such a transient city. Mm. So the idea of needing to make new friends is like, oh, well, I've already got all my friends. Why would I need anyone else? So whenever I was in one of those situations where I could start chatting to someone and, or, or, you know, maybe I do start chatting to someone, but taking it to that next level from just a small chit chat to a friendship Yeah, it really required me putting myself out there and being like, hey, do you want to do something? And to me, that was just, you know, it was one of those things that we don't question in life that in my mind, I was just like, you don't do that because that looks desperate. So don't go there. And then now with this whole questioning of everything, I'm like looking at myself and all of these just strong beliefs that I have and completely investigating them. And I realize, hang on, why? Why does that mean that? Why does that mean I'm desperate? If I want a human connection, that's awesome. 
it's totally okay to put yourself out there. And actually one of my friends in Byron, Dean, he is an absolute expert on making friends. And I've just been in awe of him since we got here. I watch him. He will make friends with a bloody brick wall. Like he just accumulates friends. And I started chatting to him about it. And I was like, how do you actually make friends? And he had a couple of tips, which is just so funny that it's like something that we have to learn. One of his tips is that you just ask people questions. Like that's kind of his in. (laughs) He just said that when he meets somebody, you have a genuine curiosity. And I think it comes across if you're not genuine, but genuinely be interested in that person, in what makes them tick, in what are the things they're interested in, what is their life story. And I think by asking somebody questions, they really do start to open up and feel this connection with you. Everybody loves talking about themselves, right? Yes. You're just providing a platform for somebody to do what they love. And then no matter what you said or didn't say, they kind of come away from that experience just remembering that you provided space for them. Isn't that so interesting? Because I feel like when you're nervous and you don't know what to say, you just talk and talk and talk. And that's such a default for so many people is to just talk because you don't know what to do. But actually when you let go of that and you allow somebody else to talk is when you're more likely to kind of create a connection with them. Mm, And leave a lasting impression. Mm. And then from there, and I've seen this happen and it's crazy. Dean goes straight in for the kill and he's just like, oh, hey, we should go for a surf sometime. Or, hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? Do you want to grab dinner together? And I was like, is it that simple? Can you just ask somebody to do something with you? And I think of myself when I'm traveling and I'm in that open state. And, you know, Mm. if you were just chatting to someone by a pool, there's just this open energy that you have that you feel like you could be like, oh, hey, do you guys want to grab a drink? And I feel like bringing that same mentality to everyday meetings, it's just revolutionary for me. Totally. And I love tangible tips. I feel like tangible tips are crucial for all of this stuff because it's all well and good to be wishy-washy and be like, well, just try put yourself out there, whatever. But by him breaking it down like that, it just puts some structure to like, what am I doing here? What am I actually trying to do? And he, I feel like is really good at meeting someone on the street and becoming their friend, which I can't relate to at all. And I feel like I definitely need all the help in that scenario. But when I'm thinking about the people that I've become friends with, it's not in such a jump right in the deep end kind of way. And I've had actually people do this with me where they'll interact with me on social media and I can tell that they want to be my friend. And so like, I'll post something, a story, whatever it might be. And they'll just start interacting with me totally out of the blue. Like I barely know this person. I met them one time at one event or whatever it might be, but they're like really striking up a conversation. Then they may be asking me like, where are you based? Oh, maybe we should catch up sometime, something like that. And I think that it wasn't until people started to do that to me that I realized it was okay to do it to other people. And so I remember the first person it happened with maybe like a year and a half ago when I wasn't that into it. And I was like, what's up with that? Why do they like me so much? But now that I'm more open to that, I'm like, oh, it's just people out here trying to have a good time, trying to find people that want to do what they want to do. And I think that that's the other thing in my experience. I want to do certain things, but my friends that I've had for ages don't want to do those same things, which is totally fine. They don't need to. They want to do other things. But I want to find the people that want to do the shit that I'm interested in. And Mm. so 
by going to the wood workshop, going to the vegan cooking class, going to the pottery class, you know, Mm. what is your hobby? Where do you think that people are interested in the shit that you're interested in? Where do they hang out? And like then go and actively seek them out. Is it at a three-hour yoga workshop at your favorite studio? Is it a women's circle, which is somewhere that I've been making friends lately, even online? And then doing those things and those are your peeps. And then once you've got them there, once you located them, then you whip out Dean's tips and you ask the questions and you interact with them on social media and you just show them that you're interested. Everyone likes to feel interested in. I feel very flattered when I can tell that someone wants to be my friend and hang out with me. I'm automatically into it. Totally. And I think that a really big piece in this is people don't like putting themselves out there because they're scared of rejection. And I think that for me, that was definitely true that I would never want to just say to somebody, oh, hey, do you want to grab a coffee later? Because then what if they go, oh, no, thanks. I'm good. That fear of that rejection for me and how small that would make me feel. And I would just feel like, oh, okay, I'm never doing that ever again. And this was also something that I chatted to Dean about And he was just kind of like, if you're applying for a job and you just send your resume to one person, then you got rejected, that's going to feel horrible because you're putting all your eggs in that basket. But actually with friendships, like with resumes, you can send out like a whole bunch of potential options out there. You know, you could send out a hundred resumes, a hundred friend invitations. And if you get two or three, you know, callback interviews, awesome. And if you form one really amazing job or friend out of it, then that's fantastic. And I never thought of it like that. And I think it was maybe because I wasn't looking in the right places. Like you said, I think I thought, oh, to have a friend, you know, because I've had my friends for such a long time to find someone that I'm going to have that deep of a connection with. I have to like be very, very careful. But actually, if you cast the net wide, you can like narrow it down over time and maybe only one or two of those ends up being a lifelong friend, but that's okay. Mm, Yeah, that's so true. I love that advice. And like the more you do it, the less icky it feels. So for example, I'm finding in isolation, especially, I noticed that I don't really meet anyone new because you're just stuck in your house. And I check into Laura Poole, our meditation teacher, like Tuesday evenings, but it's not really like a two-way conversation with other people. It's just we all chat to her and then we listen to each other. So what I did was started to go to talks and circles and ceremonies and things like that online where I knew it would be more of like a two-way conversation with breakout rooms and stuff like that. And in the beginning, it made me feel awkward as hell. Like I felt so uncomfortable. I didn't want anyone to be like, Jess, what do you think? Because then I would have to talk and stuff like that. And actually, I remember, Stephanie, you and I having this conversation towards the beginning of COVID when we had checked into a few of the Zoom stuff, but we never really talked that much. And we were like, do you feel awkward talking? And we were both like, yeah, it feels really awkward. But now after this many months of just putting myself out there and inserting myself in situations, it could not feel less awkward. Don't you reckon? You get so used to it. So while in the beginning it feels disgusting and I totally appreciate that it feels disgusting, it is just one of those things. The more you do it, the less icky it will feel. Exactly. It's a practice. Like everything else, it is a practice. 
I have been practicing a little bit since I got to Byron. This is all very new for me. And so you feel so uncomfortable first. It is so normal. And I started to think about it and I don't really have many friends that are into spirituality the same way that I am. And so I really wanted to kind of make some spiritual friends and also just branch out and try some of these tactics, knowing that it made me so uncomfortable, made me go, okay, I got to do it. Just like we've talked about with Lane Beachley, you know, where you have a fear, that fear is kind of a test. And if you push through it, beautiful things are waiting on the other side. I was like, it must be the same. There must be some beauty on this other side. I'm going to go for it. So I actually found online a full moon meditation and even just the thought of going to an event on my own felt really scary to me. You know, if I was in Melbourne, I would definitely be going with another friend and I would probably just chat to that one friend or it would be you, Jess. And so I was like, all right, you know what? It's in two hours. I'm just going to go. And I gave myself outs. I was like, you know what? If I get there and I see them and they all look like their friends and I'm not, it's okay to leave. You know, I was like being kind to myself. So I got there. I went to this full moon meditation. It was actually incredible. And I really was vibing the chick who was running it. It was awesome. And then at the end, my classic move, and I feel like this is something a lot of people can relate to, is when I'm feeling uncomfortable, when other people are having those chatting moments, like you were talking about earlier with your yoga studio, when that's all happening and I feel like everyone's friends but me, my go-to is to be like, well, I don't care. I'm out of here. You know, like I just grab my stuff and leave and I have this air of like too cool that I give off. That's protecting and shielding my real feelings inside. Instead of doing that, there are a few girls that were like taking pictures of the moon because it was a beautiful full moon and they were kind of like chatting and laughing and they very much seemed like they were all a crew. But I just went up and stood next to them. I took a couple photos. I kind of like tried to chat to some of them. And one of them turned to me and she was like, hey, are you coming with us on Friday to the waterfall? And I was like, no, what's that? She's like, are you part of the Facebook group? And I was like, no, what's that? And she was like, oh, we'll add you to it. And she just added me into this Facebook group. And suddenly I was part of this group of 30 awesome chicks. And it turns out they do a weekly women's circle, which I've been invited into now. And I went last week and still, even though I knew a couple of them, I was a little bit daunted, but I went and, you know, it was a really like beautiful, open sharing environment, all very non-judgmental, just listening to each other and really coming from a place of caring. And now I'm part of this awesome group of women who they're having adventures every week together. And I just feel like it was way easier than I thought it was. It was way less scary. And I'm now just wondering what all the fuss was about. I love that. That's so excellent. And I feel like you've hung out with those people so many times since then. Yeah, totally. Like now it's just they're my friends. And like it was just getting over that initial hump of feeling so scared to put myself out there. And just like with everything, once I did put myself out there and I really didn't even feel like going to that first event, like I was really dreading it. But I just feel like when we're dreading things, often it's showing something. It's not necessarily something to listen to. It's something to explore and think about why. And so many times still I'll feel insecure about it or am I like a bit of an intruder in there? But, you know, they're all just thoughts and I am just so much 
happier that I actually pushed through and really put myself out there and continue to. And now I'm like, oh, this is fun. I want to keep practicing making friends. Renan's like, whoa, look at you. Like, we'll just go to a cafe and I'll just strike up random conversations with people. And like, sometimes they're receptive, sometimes they're not. But I'm casting my net wide and it no longer feels so scary every time I put myself out there. Yes, that's so good. I love that. You should be so proud of yourself. Thanks. So I feel like when I'm turning the lens inwards on myself, what I feel like I actually struggle more with is inviting them into my inner sanctum. So once I have a new friend, usually they stay in like the friend zone and they don't become a really, really, really close friend. Like I reserve the really, really, really close spots for the people that I've known forever, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And so there's one person who I recently, I invited into my inner sanctum and that is Sarah, who is my special friend and I love her so much. But I feel like she was in my friend zone, like how I have new friends and they can come into my friend zone. This is somebody that I actually went to Bali with last year and we did our yoga teacher training together. So there was a lot of close bonding moments, but I usually just keep friends in the friend zone and they don't become like a person who I text every day or who I chat to on the regs. They usually mm-hmm. just a uh, catch up for coffee or right now catch up for a group Zoom. You know, it's not like one-on-one vibes. So with Sarah, I just like loved her so much. And I remember thinking, I really want her to be my good friend, but like I actually have no idea how to make her my good friend. This is so embarrassing. She's definitely going to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like really interested to know this because I'm not even there yet. I totally feel you with this. So I'm like, how does this happen? Yeah, right. Because they're in the friend zone and you're like, I really like that person. I really vibe with them. Like I can just tell that them and me would just get along so well and we would be great for each other. But how the fuck do you do that? I still kind of think how the fuck do you do that? I don't know how I did it with her, but I'll try and break it down. I think that it's so embarrassing, (laughs) but I think I started sending her like voice notes because we were on the texts and I just like kind of check in with her weekly or every second week or something. Just be like, hey, how are you going? Whatever it might be. And then maybe we'd catch up. But then I think I started sending her voice notes and I just started to be like a little bit more honest in my voice notes about my day-to-day experiences. You know, you have friends where you like, if you only catch up every couple of weeks, you're talking about big stuff, but you're not talking about little everyday kind of shit. And so I started talking to her just like about little everyday kind of stuff. And I just sent her a voice in it like, hey, how's your day going? What's been happening? And then like, this is what's been happening with my day. And then we just started getting into the routine of sending each other voice notes. And if I think about it using like a critical lens, I actually think that I really leaned into my love language, which is words of affirmation. That's how I love to just like show someone I love them. And I actually feel like maybe she leaned into her love language as well and hers might be different to mine. And if anyone's interested, there's this awesome book called The Five Languages of Love that expands more on this concept. Yeah. So it will break down and help you figure out how you like to give love and how you like to receive love. And I just was loving having Sarah in my life in this more regular way. And so I would tell her that. And so like I would... (laughs) 
<laughs> so embarrassed. I would say, oh my goodness, this is so fun. I feel so appreciative that I have you in my life. It feels so nice to be able to lean on you. I just feel like we're kindred spirits or whatever it was. But like really putting myself out there. And like she was really receptive to that. And then when I said she leaned into her love language, you know, she would let me borrow a book out of the blue and things like that. And so we just obviously really liked each other and then had to actively work out how to become good friends because it is active. It doesn't just happen unless you're neighbors or something. You know, we live 35 minutes away from each other and we're in a pandemic. So like we make an effort to like send each other like funny shit or whatever it is. And now we're great friends. And I feel so grateful to like have a new person that I like have in my inner sanctum because someone new hasn't come in that close in fucking ages. Mm, And I think what you said there is such a key, which is putting yourself out there. You know, you put yourself out there with her and you said all these things and maybe it would have resulted in her backing away or maybe it would have ended up how it is now. But in just the same way as when you're just striking up a conversation for the first time, you're asking them for the coffee for the first time or you're trying to get them closer, it's all just about putting yourself out there, about being vulnerable. And it's really, really scary. But if you don't do it, then you don't get the beautiful friendship on the other side. Yeah. I think I even invited myself to her house which was like a really big thing for me. Also, because I'm not such a one-on-one kind of person. Like I'm very much a group mentality. I just was like, can I come over? I think it was around her birthday. And I remember being on the way there being like, well, this is fun. I'm going to a one-on-one with a new friend. And it was just like exploring new shit because what the hell did I have to lose? Mm, Totally. And I really struggle I haven't brought anyone into my inner sanctum in a very long time. And I really, really struggle with letting my guard down. And, you know, I'm really in my head about it. And I'm really, a lot of the time, like, am I acting right? It's almost like I'm going on a date. And I think that it's just about being aware of that stuff at the moment for me. And I think just the way that we work on ourselves and, you know, we've been on this like personal development journey, I see creating relationships as just another form of that. I got to a place where I'm really, really comfy on my own and heard Tony Robbins talk about how anyone can be happy if they're just meditating on a rock in the middle of a forest. But having relationships is always just a reflection to you of the things that you really need to work on. So it's actually a really beautiful form of self-discovery. And I don't have the answers as to how to let my guard down yet, but I know that by not shying away from it, by leaning into it, I'm going to figure it all out. And something that I've introduced is in the morning when I say affirmations to myself, I've talked about before, when I say things to myself like, I am whole, I am enough, I've added in, I am incredible at connecting with people because I always tell myself I'm so bad at connecting with people. And then I feel really disconnected from people. But when I actually tell myself every day, I'm so amazing at connecting with people, I can already feel that I go into these situations like, I got this. That's so interesting that you feel like you're not good at connecting with people because I don't think that about you at all. I feel like you're great at connecting with people. You're just so honest in yourself. Yeah, no, I don't feel that. Like I only feel that with my people who I'm so comfy with, but I'm really bad at being that 
in the one-on-one scenario. Like a group even, I'm okay. It's just like a one-on-one thing for me. Yeah, one-on-one's scary. It's scary. It's really hard. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide in a one-on-one. No, nowhere. <laughs> even with my very, very good friends, I don't know why I still shy away from a one-on-one. What is that? Why do I do that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Keep looking into that one. And if you're listening to this and you feel like you'd love to make friends, but you feel like you're stuck in your house and you don't know how to do that, there really is so much stuff online at the moment that you could get involved in. Even if it's a group art class, a group astrology class, like whatever it is, don't let the fact that you're not physically connecting with people stop you from mentally connecting with them. Because I can tell you, I've met a lot of people online and we have become friends. Like I'm in a group WhatsApp with a few of them and it still does fill you up in a different way. It fills you up in a different way, but it does still fill you up in some way, which is really nice and important. So don't feel like you can't connect with people just because you're at home. Let's remember it's physical distancing, not social distancing. (laughs) That's right, Steph. Okay, (laughs) let's get into some quick fires. So what is your favorite thing about living in Byron? Hmm. My favorite thing about living in Byron is the smorgasbord of beaches that I have to choose from. I feel like if you're in Melbourne and you want to go to the beach, you kind of go into Elwood. But here it's just like, Panther, what beach shall we go to today? Yeah, that's a really good one. What is your favorite thing about Byron in general? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I need a holiday. (laughs) I just imagined myself driving up to Byron and the feeling that you get. That's it. It's the feeling that you get when you arrive and like you drive into like the main town and you just take a deep breath. And it's the beginning of your holiday and you just have days and days ahead of you. Smells like the beach. There's that sign that says, cheer up, slow down, chill out. I feel like that sums up Byron. Yeah. You can tell I really, really need a holiday. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Next question is, what area of your life do you feel like you really fail at adulting? I haven't worn underwear since the beginning of COVID. But is that a failure? That's okay. Well, the other day I told that to our mom and she was disgusted. In fact, I think she said, that's disgusting. I just like, I can't be fucked. I'm at home. Why would I wear underwear? But I just feel like that's not an adult thing to say, you know, like an adult mentality is, oh, I'm going to put on jeans today, even though I'm staying at home. I'm like, I'm not even wearing underwear. (laughs) So good. Where I feel like I fail at adulting has got to be with doing washing. I'm just fucking terrible at it. I don't understand. I don't know how to get stains out. I don't remember to do it half the time. So like I have no clothes to wear. I'm just, I'm failing. Mm, Yeah, that's so fair. Elliot's also failing. He said to me yesterday, I don't have any clean clothes or underwear. Okay. The minute COVID finishes and the world opens up again and money is no object, where is the first place you would go traveling? Hmm. Well, I really want to go to India. I also would just love to be in Hawaii. But given that Byron is like a mini Hawaii, I'm going to go with India. Mm, That's a good one. What about you? I think that this probably will change every minute, but Today, I deeply miss Jidge, one of my best friends, and he is living in London 
And this morning I was just thinking about when I could go and visit him. So I'm going to say London to visit Jidge. Oh, whenever I think of anywhere in the world, I just miss it so much. I don't even particularly like London, but when I think of London, oh, like the buses going by and the tube and like all the cute little buildings and Pret. I'm just like, oh, same. I need it. I wouldn't have gone to London in this time anyway, but I just want it so badly. I know me too. I miss everything. Like I miss going to visit our suppliers in China. I miss a layover in Bangkok on the way to somewhere else. I miss everything. (laughs) Yeah. And you're right. It's the not knowing when the next time you'll be able to is. And the knowing that you cannot under any circumstances go. The borders are shut off in Australia. So like my mind is shut off. Like all there is in my world right now is Australia and even just one state because we can't even leave our states. And when I see people on Instagram, Americans traveling around and like people traveling around Europe, I'm just like, What? Yeah. Last question is, what is your theme song of spring? My theme song of spring is Sexual by Naked. Oh, nice. So random. Because I'm dancing at the moment because of my Moon to Simone coaching and I dance to it pretty much every day. It's just such a happy song. It's so light. It's sensual. It's so fun. Mm, Okay, my spring song is a little less upbeat. It's Higher Love by James Vincent McMorrow. It's a cover he's done. I sent it to you and I'm just obsessed with it. It makes me feel loving and calm. Well... If you did like this episode, we would love you to please help us spread the word high and wide about how to live the podcast. Please send it to a friend that you think would like to listen to this episode. You could even send it to a new friend that you're trying to become friends with and be like, hee hee. Oh, nice. Like a little flirt with your new friend. And do rate us five stars and leave a review in the podcast app because we love to read them and they really give us the warm and fuzzies. And make sure you come hang out with us on the socials and make friends with us because we like making friends at How to Live the Podcast on Instagram and our group is How to Live the Podcast on Facebook. Next week on the podcast, so excited, you guys. We have one of our very own real-life mentors, the founder of Slim Secrets, Sharon Churin. She is one of our favorite people, and we have learned so, so much from her, and we know you are going to, too. Take a little listen. I actually started a business that was never meant to be a business. It was actually going to be a hobby, and it was really meant for my clients and for My target market were all my friends, you know, everyone I knew, my family, they were all target market. It really wasn't a business and it sort of just kept rolling along where I'd speak to somebody about it and they'd say, oh my God, I've got a friend who, you know, is a distributor and so it was not something that there was a a roadmap or a plan, it just really happened. That's next week on the podcast. It's going to be freaking phenom. So we'll see you right here. Have a great week. Make some new friends. Get out there. Put yourselves out there. And we love you. Bye. Bye.